Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story, they are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. A few weeks ago, we um, found a new place for our church, for our facility, to a new facility to move on in a community. And we had to find a tenant to take over the lease in the existing premises. We put out a call out there in the community and behold, uh, we had about three candidates who came out to see the facility. And the first one that put their hands up and uh, wanted to move in this, uh, was a ministry called Beth Yeshua. And uh, tonight, as we are passing on this facility to them, uh, I have the great uh, privilege to interview their wonderful leader, Steve Arnold. Everyone knows him as uh, Ani or Pastor Ani. And tonight he will share a beautiful story with us. Welcome to the show, Ani. Thanks for having me. Why Ani and not Steve? Uh, Ani, from being very, very young, and uh, it's just kind of stuck to, to the point where my wife has always just known me as Annie. So, <laughs> Did yeah. you wear an Annie a name on your uh, on your uh, soccer shirt? Yeah. You did? Yeah. It was Annie? Yeah. What number did you have on the shirt? Oh, seven. Seven? Yeah. So right, you're a, right wing. Right wing, just yeah. like me. Yeah. I'm a seven, right eight winger. on the yeah. wing, even... Most recently, I, I played, I think, the finals about three weeks ago as a, I think I had number eight wow. on the right wing. I, I, I was still playing up to being 45 and then my knees couldn't take any more. So, yeah, I had to stop getting injured wow. too much. You mean you're over 45 already? I am. I know, I know. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> you just... <laughs> so, I play Masters, you know, right. which is that sort of age. Yeah. But, you know, Masters begins at 35, and after that, it, nobody counts anymore. That's so it, yeah. we actually have 70-year-olds playing in yeah, the same team. I know, I'd, and I'd love, I'd love it, but um, it just got too much. What just, level did you get to in your teenage years? or? Uh, not, not, not a, a great standard. It was just... Uh, it, it was, I was always playing Saturday and sort of Sunday football. Yeah. Just for more, more for enjoyment, really. I can kick a ball where I need it to go, though. Yeah. And I still. You can, can bend it like Beckham. I can indeed. Yeah. But not like Beckham. Better, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> um, but you can put a spin on it. Yeah. Good at crossing. Yeah. But you're you're quite tall to be on the wing. Wouldn't they rather have you in the middle? I, I know. In my younger years, I was quite a fair bit slimmer. Mm-hmm. It's quite fast as well. Yeah, you would be. I would. And I was. Headers? Yeah. Yeah. You'd win the midfield battles. Two feet as well. Yeah. Oh, so you could play on the wing, uh, on the left as well. Yeah. Good cross and yeah. kick as well. Yeah. Well, that's that's rare. Yeah. Yeah. I think more and I more... I don't think you should be a professional footballer if you can't kick with both feet. Yeah, I think now it's more demanded. Mm. Whereas I think for a while people just had a strong foot and then they honed that skill more and more and that's it but then the opposition knew you that you have to change feet or you know yeah. set the ball up for yourself for <laughs> that kick English um, obviously by the accent born and raised in 
Midlands or no, North east of England, uh, the northwest in Oldham. Oldham. In Oldham, a little town called Oldham, yeah. Is that in the Great Manchester area? Yeah. That's the one. It's like five mile north of Manchester. Okay. Yeah. Now it's almost a suburb of Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, well, it always was, but it's uh, just a little industrial town. What what were town? What was manufactured in Oldham? Originally cotton. Okay. Um, it was a cotton mill town, and then in in our, in my time we I, I worked in a mill, but it was electronics and that's what we used the mills for then, and and then uh, I got, got a job in another section of that company. Um, as a draftsman, mm-hmm. so I spent some time doing that. I mean, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, some made some beautiful friends there. Machinery uh, drafting or architectural drafting? It was um, for semiconductors and. Um, so electronics. Electronics, yeah. Okay. Schematics and stuff. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. So I had a kind of an electrical grounding in that and then I moved I, I had I had friends who were uh, electricians um, a good friend I'd grown up with he got me a job at his place when I was 21 nice. and I was cabling and then I was working away from home mm. all around the UK and I did that cabling and electronics cabling, and yeah cabling, cabling till systems and computers and phones and nice yeah TVs all that sort of stuff and that's what I've been doing ever since so wow yeah, beautiful 35 years now nice um, the rent. so born in Oldham yeah uh, you folks um, from England from that area yeah. okay um, what's your first memory of childhood first memory of childhood wow next bit that one um I remember three, four year old, well, four, being in um, in primary school, um, making friends with a, a kid called Stephen Mason. I remember that. He, he was a friend all through school, and Brian, Brian Martin, he's still my friend now. He was my best man. So that's nice. He's in Dubai now. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing what we remember, isn't it? Yeah, school schools kind of sticks out there. Mm. How many siblings did you have? Just a sister. Older, younger? Older, three years older. Okay. Yeah. And you went to uh, local school? Yeah. Uh, walked to school? Yeah. 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 Was it rough? Was it no, good, no. It was good good neighbourhood? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kicking the ball all through? Oh, it was football, yeah. No, no cricket, footy, footy? I couldn't stand cricket, no. Uh, rugby? No. Just no, soccer, just football, football yeah. the, the real football. Hardcore uh, uh, Manchester City. Yeah. yeah. Was it in all the mainly Manchester City fans or both United and City? Oh, Oldham, Oldham was a little town, it had a little club, so we did support them as well. Of course. But, uh, no, it was always City, my dad was always City, yeah. So were you going to the Oldham games on the weekends to watch them? Not some no city. I'd go. So you'd go to the city games. Yeah. You had a season ticket, or you no. No. just pay as you went. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, you must be happy now where City has come. Very happy now, yeah. <laughs> we had a long time, a long time with not winning anything. So, But then Mancini came along. Was it Mancini who won the first? Mancini, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. And they got the money, you know. And um, and they are actually the richest club in the, in the world. They are? Now, yeah, bar none. Wow, is that because of their worth of the players and everything? Because of the, the Dubai royal family that own them. So. Yeah. Well, they are the richest club in the foot in the in the world. Yeah. Look, their football at the moment is just outstanding. Yeah. I mean, they've come a long way. It's a pity they lost the um, yeah. Champions League last year, but or you know they they've yeah, got they got a good chance. Yeah, they'll, they'll win it. They will win it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's great. Well, you know, we had twenty six years of the old bottle nose Fergie. Yeah, and everything and what a dominance. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't Liverpool. <laughs> you yes. know. Uh, well, I don't mind Liverpool as much. As of course. United. It's just United. Yeah. <laughs> now, your family um, life, uh, were they Christians? You, your mum, your dad? I wouldn't say practising now. Did no. I have the values? Christian values, yeah, I suppose it is. Did you go to church or Sunday no. school? No, nothing no. like that. No. Okay. No. They they were brought up um in Moston in Manchester. Um and they they did go to Catholic school. Um my gran would describe herself as a Catholic. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't ever recall her really going to church. My granddad did, my granddad was devout. Okay. That's nice. And he, he did go every okay. Sunday religiously, yeah. Did he take you with him? Yeah. No. No. Did he live nearby? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was a walk, but yeah, a mile or so. Okay. Yeah. And growing up, uh, what was it like in all the... Uh, was it affluent? Was it tough? No, no. Well, uh, we didn't have a car for... We did, and then we didn't, for, and it was a long time we didn't have a car. We walked most places, and uh, is that a rough thing? No, not really. No, keeps you fit, doesn't it? Where would you holiday? Cornwall. Okay. Yeah. Just a bus trip or a train? No, we, no, we, we, we used to get the train. Yeah. If we didn't have a car, we used to get the train. and. Uh, well, yeah, a little, little town in Cornwall called Lou, L-O-O-E, Lou, beautiful. What was there to do? Oh, they had a, it, yeah, it was split by a big river. Yeah. And uh, fishing, crabbing, we used to go crabbing. Nice. Catching crabs and stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it was a beautiful place. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. Took Cindy when we... <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And our kids, didn't we? Um, teenage years? What, what was your interest? What, what sparked your interest? Um... Football mainly. I I used to bike ride, um, play football. I used to draw. I was quite a avid drawer, sketching. Um, just that was my artistic side. Buildings, in. roads. Ah, uh, uh, people mostly. People. Okay, yeah. portraits. Portraits. Yeah. With a pencil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and were you honing that art, or was it just a hobby, or? Oh, it was more a hobby. Yeah. Was it encouraged by the family or the school or anyone? Not especially, no. 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 They didn't see the talent. 
Ah, oh, they'll, they'll tell you, yeah, he's a good driver. Mm-hmm. Know, was it an escape for you? Was it something like you could do for hours and hours? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about music? Any other interests? Music? Um, although I always loved music. I always I always thought about playing an instrument, mm-hmm. although I didn't pick one up till I was in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And I just went on a, a car boot sale one day. And I, I picked up this, it was just a cheap, nasty Spanish guitar. But, you know, she just wanted a few dollars for it. Yeah. And I took that home and started playing with that. And then I um, thought, I'll get something better. Went to a music shop in Oldham. Yeah. And I picked out a guitar and it wasn't very good. But I, I thought, well, I'll do that, I'll start with that one. And uh, there was a guy sat there, he, he had a baseball and a rough beard and glasses and he was wearing cowboy boots, it just looked like an old hippie, you know. Yep. Well, he was an old hippie, he was called Mal. And uh, he's like, have you been playing long? Like, no, just starting. Here's my card. And we became great friends and he was a uh, excellent rhythm blues uh rhythm guitarist so yeah. I, I i play i play rhythm guitar wow very well i don't do all the stuff but that's because i'm out the way in the way he taught me so um you got it in your blood in your stream. yeah yeah nice uh, i won't say i'm professional but i'm a fair guitar player nice i'll be on yeah Teenage years, um, did you get up to no good? Or no. quite quite a good kid in a yeah, sense? Okay, yeah. uh, alcohol, gambling? Oh yeah, not gambling, alcohol, sure. Um, smoking. Dope? No. No, kept away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did, we did drink, I, mean, I was drinking quite young and early. And, it was uh, common, wasn't it? Yeah, we was going in the pub at 16 and stuff, yeah. Mm. yeah. And then um, what trade did you take on? So at 20, you were you, you went into this factory. Did you do anything before that? Did you go into a trade school or...? Well, I, I started off on a training scheme doing... Um, just like uh, manufacturing, really, like, you know, lathe work and... Yeah. Bit of, bit of electric electrics and stuff and then I didn't stay in that long because I got a full time job then yeah in my mum and dad's factory so I did that for a while and so they were uh, they were working both in that factory yeah, yeah. yeah. well my mum and dad worked in that place all the working life really okay yeah part of the furniture part of the machinery yeah, yeah. and it did them well you know they, they, they were never rich but they never went they never went without we didn't go without really yeah so it was nice. It was a nice, easy-going childhood, and um, and grown up well. With it. I didn't really like school too much. Um, couldn't wait to get out of the place and start work. And so with your cabling job, you travelled throughout England. Oh yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, all over the UK. Beautiful. Channel Islands, especially Ireland, when you're young. Scotland, yeah. It's just yeah, tremendous. It was great. Great job. When did you meet your wife? 1994. In England? Yeah. 
hell were you then? Twenty six ish, wasn't I? So you're still doing cables, you at the time? Yeah. yeah Where yeah. did you meet her? Um, we met in in Middleton, where we was. I I was sharing a house with my friends, and um, we we had a mutual friend in in who is now my brother in law, and well, Cindy's brother in law. Cindy's sister was married to Paul. Yeah. And uh, it's all his fault, really. Of course. You still hold him to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he, he he used to cut all our hair, so everybody knew Paul, and um, he kind of got us together, yeah. Okay. You fell in love? 100%, yeah. How did you pop the question? Do well, I have to? Oh, it was early on, wasn't it? I just asked her. Yeah, I, knew, I knew she was the one. Yeah. Just knew. And she said yes? Yeah. Yeah. Did she get married in a church or a no, registration? Reg- registration office in yeah. Rochdale. In Manchester? Rochdale. Yeah. Rochdale, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and then? And then we had three kids and then we came here. Um, what made you come to Australia? Well, Cindy was Australian, so... Oh, Cindy, what was she doing in England? Cindy's mum were £10 pound in the 60s. Okay. Um, she's one of nine, so... Um, they had a few kids here and then he ended up going back to the UK, where she really grew up. She was only 11 or 12, wasn't she? 12 when she went back. Okay. So, they all, they all kind of grew up there. And um, and as obviously, as they've grown and got families, it's, it's a better place to be. Okay. So, they all came back. Nice. And you decided to come to Australia? Yeah. Where, uh, which city? Yeah. In Perth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, this is uh, mid-90s or late-90s? This was 2001. 2001, okay. Yeah. How did you adjust to life in Perth? Oh, uh, initially I struggled. Yeah. Too hard. Ah, getting work and, and doing, you know, doing what you did and trying to find something similar wasn't too easy. Um, that, I mean, it was just the best job ever I had over there, but... Um, so, yeah, we, we, we struggled settling. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids adjusted easily. Kids do, yeah. Kids loved it. And your wife, Cindy, was she? She adjusted a lot easier than you did. It's hard. It's hard because you then you're away from parents and stuff, so you struggle with that. Okay. So uh, yeah, we 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 didn't settle too well. Hmm. So um, we ended up. Moving to the Gold Coast. Okay. Which was beautiful. What attracted you to go to the Gold Coast? Was there work? Um, I got I I got a job supervising by then, and I I, I got the same job over there with the same company. So, um, by then though, we'd 
we'd become Christians by then. In Perth? Yeah. How did that happen? Well, we've got a sister-in-law who shared with Cindy and Cindy gave her life to the Lord, so... And she sort of wanted to be baptised with a degree of urgency and went into Whitford's Church of Christ to Karen Wilson and promptly demanded it. And they baptised her? Karen Wilson obliged, yeah. That night. Wow. <laughs> so... Yeah. How did you take that? How did I take it? I thought it was a little bit strange. Yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't, I was like, because I'd always considered Charlie a little bit extreme. And Yeah. Did you know much about Christianity and baptism? No. no it was all no. new. It was Weird? Was 100% new, yeah. Weird? I, I sort of, um, the, only, the only experience I'd ever had a church in England was Catholicism. Yeah. And I thought that was absolutely weird, yeah. Okay. And hostile. Yeah. And a bit foreboding and full of these idols and like, no. Didn't get it. Um, and Christians were just happy clappies, really. Like, they're all weirdos, they're all <laughs> happy clappy weirdos. Seriously, that's how we got brought up. So, so did you go with her to the church? Yeah. Just on a Sunday? It was a Sunday night, yeah. Just to support her? or yeah. And was this regular? You went for a few weeks or months? Um, no, not initially, no. Um, and then she sort of talked me into it and said, come on, just, just come down. And I'm like, they, they're going to be weird. They're going to be all and happy, happy, and strange. I said, if they start, I'll let them. I'm gone. <laughs> and that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> um, so, this is a Church of Christ, and they're happy, clappy with yeah. unraised. Yeah. Normally, they're more subtle. Well, they did, and they all go up and they're all praising and like they do. And I, I, and I, I distinctly remember saying to Cindy, I'm going. I'm going for a coffee. I'll see you later. And started to get up and shuffle out. In the middle of the service while yeah. they were worshipping. Yeah. And I'm not lying, am I? <laughs> All lights went off. Whitford's Church of Christ. First time they'd had a power cut in 14 years. Blackout. It was blackout, yeah. <laughs> so then obviously I was like, Whoo! What's happening? <laughs> Freaked out. And then they started lighting candles and then this, this kid gets up with an acoustic guitar and there's a young girl called Jade and she sang Emmanuel. Obviously you love the guitar. And That's strings. what pulled me in, yeah. It was just that acoustic thing because I'm very, very acoustic oriented. I'm not into um, electric stuff. Um, yeah. So the acoustic pulled me in. And the song just brought me out. Like, what's going on? Um, and I was sat there crying. Like, what's going on, Tim? And she said, the Lord's doing something. So we did. And um, 
we've, we've cause, cause Karen had baptised in the, her husband Mark um, he sort of put me under his wing a little bit and we we joined their what did they call home it group. The, the home group thing yeah was she baptised in a pool or at the ocean? Both, no, we're both baptised in Whitford, yeah. Okay, in the church? Yeah. Okay. I don't so necessarily she... agree with that now. I'd, I'd, I'd always go with the ocean now, but... Yeah, well, <laughs> living, doesn't matter. Living water, but... Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. Um. Well, they took us under our, under the wing and uh, and we grew a little bit there and loved it. And it was a lovely place. It was a lovely place to, to start your art, you know? Of course. Um. And the children adjusted to... Children all got baptised there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Children all give a life there. So genuine conversions. Yeah. In their kids. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And and then, then we moved. We moved over to the Gold Coast then. Okay. So I was relatively young in our work, but um, moved to the Gold Coast. Lovely for the kids because we were very near Dream World and uh, and Wet and Wild and Movie so World yeah. and stuff and all that. So it was great for the kids. You can get an annual pass. For 99 bucks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And we loved it. It was great. Tried to find the church. Ended up putting one down the bottom end of the coast. Didn't like it. Um, didn't settle there. I was playing there. I was playing in the band there for a while. Is this but more towards Broad Beach or more it a was, little bit? It was Burley. Burley. Yeah, down at Burley. Reedy Creek, actually. Okay. Um, never settled there. Um, Charlie and Matt, Cindy's brother and, uh, and his wife, they came. They came and lived there, and, and they was coming too. They didn't like it, and Charlie said, "I'm out. I'm done. I can't do it anymore." <laughs> and she she found somewhere else to go. And then it wasn't long after that she came running in the house with this CD. You've got to listen to this. Who is it? This American guy. Okay. And it was Greg Hirschberg. And um, she'd just caught the back end of him. He'd been teaching there for a week. In in on the Gold Coast. On the Gold Coast, and and he'd gone there, um, with a friend of of the pastors. There was a guy called Ed Ed Hoard, who was a pastor in um, Macon in Georgia, mm-hmm. who knew Greg, and mm-hmm. Greg was thinking about building a building at the time and Ed said well I've got a friend in Australia Russell and he he built his place yeah in three days huh. it was a three day built thing and it was a beautiful place in like in a meadow and it was lovely and um, did that's what they'd done they did farm put the farm work up put the roof on and everybody crashed in he was a sparky by trade Russell anyway yeah um, and that's what they did, and and they were prepared to go to America and do it for him for Greg. That that was what they was there to have a look at, and um, he ended up teaching there. This was when was it? November. It was November time in two thousand six. Yeah. 
Um, so I'd started listening to this thing. I'm sure we'll, we'll give this a go. We'll give this place a go. Yep. So I started going to Gold Coast Christian and I, and I ended up on the worship team there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some good guys there. Ken Ham, it was his home church. Yep. You know Ken Ham? Yeah, Answers in Genesis. Answers in Genesis. It was a Ham family church. Mm-hmm. So we met him there and... Uh, yeah, the the Ark Encounter. Yeah. Christian that was before, museum. Long before yeah, yeah. gone over there. No, I've met that, Ken. I've met him in the States as well. Yeah. But um yeah, we met him there and there was the guys there who'd been producing films at yeah. the Gold Coast and they knew the Hollywood thing and he was going telling us all about what was going on in that. So there was a lot of good stuff going on. It was a quite a vibrant church. And playing there and then come the next May. Hirschberg's coming back. Okay, cool. And I'd been wearing the CDs out and, and just absorbing, just driving one. around. Or a number of them. It was two or three, I think. Okay. And um, just listening to what he taught. And um, I remember the doors opening in the middle of the place and it was like a 500-seater auditorium. auditorium. And um, he just burst through the doors and it, it was early. And I'm setting up on the stage, and he's like, "You can share with, because that's that's all he does. He just looks for people to pour out of." And he honed in on me. <laughs> you were playing the guitar. You were there. I was just setting up at the yeah. time, and he came over. He said, "You don't know me." I'm. I'm I said, "Actually, I do." He went, "What?" I said, "Well, I've been wearing your CD. Though. I know all about him." And, uh, oh, great, and we just struck up a friendship from there, you know, and um, it's been solid ever since. Mm. And I've sat under his mentorship and his friendship, and I, I, I think of him as my big brother. Wonderful. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. So you spend that whole week uh, listening to his teaching? He, he, um, he taught there... Twice on the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, went on the next Saturday, and um, that place was packed. Yeah. Every time he spoke, and like people standing all around. Well, hammered. what drew people so much to his teaching? Oh, you, you throw a messianic Jew out, and people will come and listen. Okay. Um, so he was a Jew who converted to Christianity as a messianic. Basically, he was. Um, he was an, an he, Orthodox He believed Jew. in Jesus. He believed in the Messiah. He was brought up Orthodox Jew. Okay. In New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and he found the Lord in Israel on his honeymoon. Okay. So, um, it was a big, big conversion. He, he, he had a, a boutique um, finance company on mm-hmm. Wall Street. Yep. I mean, he was used to flying around in jets and living the life, you know, getting married in castles and that kind of deal. And um, found the Lord and gave it all up. And Massive. he moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. And he was a bit of a gym junkie and he just started working in the gym. And, and then just sharing and learning learning about the Lord, really. And then, and then he ended up at um, Almond Beach, little little messianic Jewish 
Just seemed like Ogden and took it over. Yeah. Beautiful. It was small, just a small beginning. It was only 20 odd people or something, but yeah. And they start, that's where they started, so. And then he got an invite to go to Macon and start Bethy Shoe, and it started the same way. It started small there, but now it's a, in messianic terms, um, it's a big deal. Messianic congregations are notoriously small. Yeah, yeah. Groups. Small, small. small groups, underfunded. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> But he, he, he's got five or six hundred people. He's got a facility there. It's three million dollars it's paid for. Wonderful. We don't have no mortgage, nothing. And um, he's got a huge online ministry. And he does a lot with it. Wow. And so we work for him. So just to, to understand a little bit about uh, this messianic, um, um, let's say, no ads or so it's it's sprang out of Judaism of those people so there's a lot of people that don't probably they're not familiar with what Messianic don't, don't be familiar with it now um, yeah. so it's it usually starts with Jews who have converted to a form of Christianity or they've accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah well it kind of goes back a little bit further than most think it kind of goes back to the roots straight back to the roots because you know the first 12 believers were who yeah Jewish boys yeah and then the first 120 were Jewish people yeah before the Gentiles and then the 3,000 and the 5,000 and then and then the myriads you find in Acts 21 yeah all zealous for the Torah and believing in Yeshua as Messiah okay well, that's where it's starting. So, but now this messianic community is not just Jews who have accepted uh, the Messiah. That's right. Yeah. It's uh, Gentiles. Yeah. It's people um, who who've just uh, embraced uh, well, the Judaic yeah, uh, heritage and beliefs. No, I, what's I, the lenses? Is the lenses more, uh, let's say? Old Covenant, looking at the New Covenant through the Old Covenant, or is it from the New Covenant looking at the Old Covenant? Well, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as the Bible being one. It is one. It's a universe, right? So, and I I, I kind of know him as Yeshua. I, I've grown to know him as Yeshua, Jesus, no problem. Yeah. Um. But there's 333 prophetic scriptures in the Old Testament. Absolutely. That all point to him. Yeah. And him being Messiah. Correct. And him coming and dying for your sin. Yes. And all we've got to do is really accept that, right? That's the that's the that's the, the heart of the gospel. That's the gospel. Um but you've got a very, very Hebraic Jewish book in the New Testament that people kind of read but very rarely absorb. Understand. And, the, you know, the, 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 the things that we are walking out and believing are very, very New Testament, you know, and very, very New Testament yeah. terms. This Passover thing, this first fruits thing, yeah. you know, these, these are very New Testament terms that people in the faith kind of overlook. And, yeah. 
maybe they shouldn't, you know? Beautiful feasts. Because they, they are beautiful and they do point to him. Yeah. And because you, you, really, you really celebrate the Messiah. It's not the feast oh, itself. Yeah. yeah, it's the Messiah. It's just, I think, so, those people need to understand that, you know, that well, everything is centered on Christ, yeah. the Messiah, and in the fulfillment of every prophetic word in the Old Testament and every feast. Yeah. Because the feasts point to the to the fulfillment of well, the coming Le- of Messiah. Le- Leviticus twenty three. So pe- people people kind of look at Leviticus and go, "Well, ooh, that's that's the Old Testament, and oh, that's the law, ooh, you know." And um, because that's that's the way they've been taught taught to think. Yeah. Law law's yeah. bad, you know. Your law bad, ooh. and and no, it's not. You know, because mm. Romans seven twelve says the law is holy, just and good. Yeah, and it is. The law isn't the problem. The law was never the problem. Judaism was never the problem. We're the problem. <laughs> We're the problem. Not the Judaism. Judaism, biblical Judaism, is a very very beautiful thing because that's what the Messiah walked out. He is the biblical. fulfillment. He of is that. biblical Judaism. Yeah. He is the Word now. Yeah. He's the word made flesh. Yeah. And they used to call him Hatorah. That that was how he was known. And he in the beginning was the word and the word was Embodied. Boom. Yeah. And and so he, it's him. Your, your Bible is Yeshua. Yeah. And if you if you cracked his if you cracked him up, you'd see the word of God bursting out of him. So So as you were learning this, as you were growing into this, yeah. how didn't well you weren't really messed up with traditional views no, were you? Not at all, no. so in a way it was good because for you yeah. this was just fresh revelation that you could just yeah. learn and it we, we'd not learned that much um <laughs> to unlearn to well there wasn't that much to unlearn but i i was driving around thinking why why is nobody <coughs> telling me this yeah why has nobody told me that so you gotta get you if you're a believer there's a few things you've got to get your head around and, and accept. One of them is Leviticus 23. Now, you've got to deal with this as a believer yeah. in Christ. Yeah. You've got to deal with that chapter because that chapter is absolutely power-packed. Yeah. Power-packed. It's absolutely pivotal. And it's, it's your Bible as a whole because it gives you a blueprint into the whole plan of salvation and of the king's return. Yeah. The whole plan. Yeah. 44 sentences. And the best the church can do is, well, it's Old, it's old Testament Jewish stuff. Mm. No. No, you missed it. Because these feasts are all about him. Mm. He has to die on Passover. Yeah. He has to be on, he has to be buried on unleavened bread. Yeah. Why, what, what, what does that mean? What's unleavened bread mean? Yeah. What does leaven represent? That's he right. tells you, doesn't he? Paul tells you leaven, yeah. leaven represents sin. Sin. So Yeshua has to be the most unleavened bread there's ever been. Yeah. He calls himself the bread of life. Yeah. Why was he born in Bethlehem? Well, that's what it means, the house of bread. The house of bread, Bethlehem, the yeah. house of bread. Wouldn't the, ha- wouldn't the house of bread house the bread of life? That's right. It's interesting so, that in Arabic, in yeah. Arabic, it's the house of meat. Oh, really? Yeah. Lachem. But that is also uh, mm. prophetic because Jesus was 
he gave his body. He gave his body, yeah. which was the bread of life, but also he was a flesh. Yeah, said, yeah. So you he know, me, said, even yeah. to them, yeah. it is prophetic. So, so, so you journey with this, yeah, and then you establish this ministry. You thought this needs to 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 develop here in Australia. We we I'd, I'd sat on I'd sat under him for a long time, and because um... there wasn't really a church that was. Uh, there weren't. I mean, there were messianic groups, but there were there wasn't too many people that you could understand this or no, journey with. No. So you had no, to journey no. with him more in America. There, there, there's yeah, there's certainly not too many um, messianic Jewish rabbis in Australia. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's many messianic groups, but they is, all have their own flavor in a way or other. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's a broad it's a broad brush to paint, but um. The principle has to be the same, and it has to it has to be based in the whole of the Bible, Yeshua centered, yeah. spirit filled. Yeah. Um, but you've got to get your you've got to get your head around Romans eleven. You've got to get your head around Leviticus twenty three, the feast days. It, it's part of our culture that we walk out and we live these feast days. Yeah. It's part of our culture that we we eat biblically kashru. And when did you establish with Yeshua Australia? How many years later? So about six, seven years later. Yeah. In Queensland or here? Start in Queensland. We've got very, very little um, traction over yeah. there. Um, so it took you seven, eight years to journey. Yeah. To get that understanding and get the understanding and, and get the, the, the teachings and and, um, and the spirit. And the Cindy me. was also. Gripped by this, or she, how how was her journey? She was gripped by it, yeah, yeah. And the children? The children, um, you, you got you got to understand your. Yeah, yeah, and no. Um, were they how old were they now? Oh, they're all in the teens now. No, but back then, early teens. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, to a large extent, you you know they. Finding their own feet as well. So were they? Were you going regularly to a church on a Friday, a Saturday, or Sunday at this stage or not? We we helped birth a church where we lived on a Sunday. Yeah. We did help, and he need, he needed he needed some help. This guy, and we met him at the Gold Coast Christian, so we did help him for a while. Okay. Um, and he needed a worship leader, so I did that for him. And uh, nice guy, still going. You were leading the worship. Yeah. And other kids playing instruments as well. Yeah, yeah. Good. Nice. We pulled a band together out of nothing and it was pretty good, wasn't it? And I'm doing the same again now, so... <laughs> and then you established Beth Yeshua by faith. Yeah. Did you have any prophetic or any deep revelation to begin that? Or what What? What triggered that? What What made it um, for you? Um... It, it was Greg saying, what would you would you do it would you start a congregation there and he, he you know we he, he um i i believe he came i think god sent him across the world for me now that yeah. sounds like but I, I honestly think that was the case and i think he does things like that yeah um when you think that week and it, and the amount of people that were there that week yes and nobody Kept in touch with him. Wow. Except, Except you. Me. 
So they right. took they wanted his teaching, but not his um, yeah. persona, his yeah. anointing. Yeah. Kind of. Were you operating in the supernatural? Were you, in a sense, uh, witnessing uh, in in your life miracles, healing, prophetic tongues, anything like that? No. 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 Okay. Um, in in the circle that you were with, was that common or not so much? No. It was more evangelical Christianity before. I so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from. That's cool. Yeah. No, no, I'm just uh, trying to see the climate of, you know, of your persona in that time, you know. Uh, okay. How how were how you looking when somebody calls you uh, like that to establish a ministry? You know, you're thinking, okay. Uh, well, I fell off the chair, to be honest with you. And I was like, what? That's why I'm asking, have you journeyed in the supernatural? Was this... A common thing, or was it just a totally curveball out of it, nowhere? It was a total curveball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's for like, somebody that is familiar with getting words and invitations. No, and, not, no, nothing, no, yeah. not at all. So this was totally strange. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it was as strange for Greg because I think he does things like that. And he, if I know he does things like that, I know he is from the Lord, and he he, he had a he had an aura about him, mm. and I knew he was holy. I did. I did do that. So when knew, he was, did, you know, you know when you know. Yeah. And so when he was ministering, know. was he mainly teaching, or was yeah. he operating in some giftings as well, apart from the teaching gift and impartation? Oh, he he he'll um, he'll he'll do things like the Lord's told me I've got to baptize somebody called. Okay, so he was operating as yeah, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, okay. and and. Because obviously the the proof was in the pudding, yeah. in the sense it wasn't just yeah. teaching. He, there was signs to accompany what he was yeah. teaching. Yeah, and it, you know he he travelled to um, to Kenya, mm-hmm. and he found he found our guy over there. He travelled to India and found our guy over there, yeah. and he came here and he found me. You know, so um, it's not something he does lightly. Don't he? Don't he? Doesn't just pull it out of his hat and go. Oh, I'll just pick somebody to run Bethy Sure. Yeah, he wouldn't do that without hearing from the Lord. So I knew, I knew I was on um, the right track in that regard because I knew he wouldn't. Was it scary for you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great. Yeah, hundred percent. So you held back. You said, "Look," or you just allowed. Well, now I said, "I don't. I don't want to do it without being sure. I need you to. I need you to be sure that you've got. You've got the right boy." Yeah, I need you to know I'm I'm the right one, and I went and spent a lot of time with him. So you went to US. Yeah. How old were you? Mid thirties or early thirties? Uh, what? Oh, he was older than I. Okay, a bit older, because I mean it. It takes a lot of. Uh, uh, it's disruptive to do that, isn't it? Yeah. And how long you went with Cindy? Both of you? Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, kids? We a few weeks, yeah. Not the kids now. Okay. Kids now. So you just went for a few weeks to. I went and lived with him. Yeah. Okay. Lived with him, and. Um, went to the gym with him as well. Yeah. Pumped yeah. some weights. <laughs> yeah. Taught him he's, soccer. He's a bit, he's a bit better at that than me. <laughs> That's just self abuse, as far as I'm concerned. But, <laughs> well, yeah, he, yeah, he loves it. He loves the gym. And he he managed to honor that time to to really. He united us at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I wanted, because I, I, I knew he wouldn't do that if he wasn't sure, it wasn't from the Lord, and that, that was the goal then. 
and you were absorbing all of this, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it made sense. Yeah. In the spirit, in the mind, in yeah, everything. Hundred percent. I live and breathe it now. Yeah. Okay. Then you came back to Australia. Yeah. And then it, you established the ministry. Yeah, it didn't didn't take off over there. We didn't. We never got any traction. We never got any interest. Yeah, advertising and everything. Nothing. Nobody. Nobody came, and it was just. It was a bit. Um. It was a bit off putting. But we prayed and we prayed and prayed and, and certain things happened and things just fall in line. And even though it seems absolutely crazy, you know, it's from the Lord. And I was adamant. I was adamant we had to come back here. Mm-hmm. And we lived then in the Gold Coast 10 years. Wow. Um, and we've lived, we'd lived here for five, but here we, we couldn't get out quick enough. It was like, we've got to go away. Well, you needed that. That was yeah. the only way you could get yeah. back here. But when, when I came back, I knew I'd come home. And it was weird, but yeah. it was a bit foreign for Cindy, but I knew I'd come back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I looked at WA in a completely different light. Well, you had been transformed, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%, yeah. So who were the first people that joined with you? We, we just started at home, and um, we just put a home group together to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and put it out there, and, and a few people came. Um, we're still going to Sunday churches just to see keep our hand in and see what how, how they was teaching and what they was teaching and we met a few people like that we met we met Karina and Gavin that way Gav's our elder and yeah. um, Vanessa and Neil Vanessa work, was working with Cindy that was a a story on its own but um, so they started with us and then we, we just started gathering a few people and we knew if we were going to grow, we, we had to get out, we had to get out of the home. So um, the Jewish centre just fell in my lap one day. There was a group, there was a group in there and, and, and they'd been there for a, a long time. And they just, I think they just got tired. Yeah. They were just tired, you know, and they, they were all an older group. And there, there weren't that many of them. And they were just tired. Were they messianic or kind of Hebrew roots, probably? Yeah. And there was a differential. Messianic Judaism isn't Hebrew roots. Okay. It's like Pentecostalism and Catholicism. Oh, that bad. That bad, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Seriously. Um. So they were more along that line, and uh, anyway. I had, a, I had a word with a couple of people who said, oh, no, get, get down there, you'll be right. And I went and seen Mandy. And Mandy said, yeah, of course you can rent the place. So, and that was four years ago. On a Saturday or on Sunday? Saturday, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you started holding services there yeah. on Shabbat. Yeah. Uh, and gradually more people found out about you. Yeah. And then... Um, 
we had we had Beth come along and um, and then COVID hit. That was another one. COVID <laughs> kind of, COVID kind of helped us in a big way because yeah. COVID pushed us to do all this. Yes, yeah. the 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 technical side of it, which which we didn't do. We weren't doing um, filming it and stuff and and figuring out Zoom and yeah. And then now you, you obviously you had a lot of skills in yeah. in this electronics. Uh, yeah, you used um, to... and Beth Beth had the the technical know-how on on the computer side of it. So and and more the the sound hardware sound side of it. Because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd I'd worked with bands and and DJs and stuff in my younger years. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of worked, and it helped us, and we started the live stream. So, well, that opened a new opportunity. Well, we're, to... we're we're getting people tuning in from all over the world. Yeah, it's like, beautiful. Like deepest darkest China or <laughs> Turkey, and you know, because you can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off your stats and uh, yeah, some through YouTube or through uh, that's live Facebook. stream. Live stream on YouTube, like yeah, YouTube's growing now as well. Yeah. Wonderful. We don't do Facebook. Well, I, I I sort of advertise it on Facebook, but we don't we don't do Facebook live. Yeah. We just do the live stream off the website. Wonderful. It works, you know. It works. Yeah. It works well. And now the Lord is giving you a new facility to operate from, which is phenomenal. And yeah, we we need our own home now. So. Yeah. It's interesting how, at times we want things to go fast, but slow. Mm. God's timing is different than ours. Mm. What did you learn in this process? some of the life lessons that you've learned. Obviously, you've come a long way, but for most people, or maybe even for yourself, you would have liked to get here a lot quicker. No, no it's, it's a process. Um, you, you move when the Lord tells you. That I've learned that. We don't do anything um, he doesn't want. We're, we're here for him. I'm a vessel of his. Yes. And I'll do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Mm. So I don't necessarily move until he tells me to um, and he tends to make things obvious for us so it's because uh, I'm not schooled in in, um, in a seminary or anything I don't necessarily think you have to be um, you just need the Holy Spirit and the Lord's guidance so yeah well, if you've got the Holy Spirit and the Bible what else do you need what school did Peter go to yeah so Look, everything helps, but it doesn't have to be a template. No. That's I mean, mean, I think it comes down to intimacy, you know, with God. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's where spending, you learn. Spending yeah. time. Jesus oh, said, learn of me. That. Learn of me. That. Spending time. And I spend a lot of time. So, um, How do you, um, I just want to go deep into your war room now. How do you spend time with the Lord? Uh, you know, a lot of people... Um, struggle with this others just strive at this but I think it's important I, to share I, um, I don't sleep too much I get up very very early and just spend quiet time in the word mm-hmm. mostly so you read yeah. and you wait and you listen yeah. and you write yeah. meditate yeah. yeah and that's and you know, I spend a lot of time in, in my office yeah is this early morning? Mostly, yeah. But um, I try and what, get... What, four, five or yeah. six? Uh, four, five, yeah. 
mm-hmm. every day. So there's a discipline to it, and I think you've got to be. Yeah. You know? But how close you want to be? If you want to be close to him, you've got to put the yard yards in. Um, I take it very seriously. Um, being a shepherd. Um, and a gatekeeper. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I don't want to pour into people. I want to pour the word into. Them. I want to. I want to teach. I want the teachings that we came here. And I, I felt in my spirit very, very strongly. Sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. Teach them. Yeah. Teach my sheep. Yeah. That's what I got. Now that's not being big headed. That's just what. That's just what I heard. Well, that's that's the call of God on you. Yeah. So. That's that's what we're trying to do. Um, so you've established a school as well. We're gonna establish a school here. Okay. Yeah. And that's the that's the thing. See, it's the, this messianic Judaism thing. It is growing. Um. But if you want any sort of qualification, or you want to be a rabbi, or a pastor, you you're not gonna get that here. In Australia, because it isn't here, it's just not here. Can't do it. Mm. You've got to go to Israel. Or you've got to go to America. I don't want to change that. I don't want to be the head of that. I don't want to be the tail of it. Yeah. Um. So that's that's my mission. I, I, I haven't I haven't got a clue. Do you call uh, the teacher rabbi or do you call them uh, pastors, the leader? I call my rabbi rabbi. <laughs> People call me rabbi sometimes, you call me pastor, why I don't, I'm just that. Yeah. Well, I'm not interested. No, no, it's a title, I'm I'm just trying to get my head around it. Um, Teacher. Yeah. I mean, a teacher, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And in in your eldership, um, in the board or (laughs) group of elders, Mm. um, you try and operate in a fivefold as well, to have pastors, to have teachers, to have... Uh, prophets, evangelists, and apostles as well. If if you can, obviously. <laughs> if we can, we we you know, you need the people. We're only a little group, really. But um, I I've I've got, I've got people in my congregation who will take hell on with a water pistol. How many churches can say that? Not many. And I am. That's beautiful. The real deal. Real so deal. you must be very close to the people. I mean, yeah. you're doing life on life with them. <laughs> Vulnerable, you can be betrayed any time, really. Yeah, I don't worry about that. Yeah, of course, because love wins the day anyway. Yeah. And I think you know that's it's a it's a beautiful place to be at because mm. a lot of pastors have to guard themselves. A lot of teachers, you know, mm. they protect themselves. No, I don't. I don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about that. Oh, um, we have blessed subtraction, you know. Um, he, he deals with that for us. If people need to be gone, they gone. I don't, I don't, he just, yeah. no trouble, see you later. And the children, uh, are they still at home? Or are they married in family life? Uh, no, no my, my girls are away, they're married, and um, my, my lads um, got a beautiful girl now, so. Yeah. So you've got three children? Yeah. Two girls and one boy, yeah. all married? No, my son's not married yet. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> Is he still with you? He's living with you? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. And you're laying cables at the moment? Are you working in electronics as well? 
No, I do um, fibre to the home. Okay, I'll take the fibre. And your wife? Sin now, so she doesn't work now. She's at home? She's at home. Uh, massive the, support for your ministry, of course. Doing the ministry, yeah. Couldn't do it without. No, absolutely not. And uh, none of you are paid at the moment because no. it's it's still infant. Yeah. One day it should be. Yeah. You should be able to uh, derive yeah. that income, but you're yeah. obviously tent making. Yeah. And loving it. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, the plan? What's what's the next stage for Rani? Obviously, you're moving in. A new chapter opens up. I, I, what, what would you like I, to I, see? I, would, I, would, I want to move. I do want to move into more full-time ministry and and get this school seminary going. And um, and like I said, be be a place where you can come and learn, where you can do cert three, cert four, and diploma and, and, and degree and masters in messianic Judaism. There's nobody else doing it. Okay. So why can't we? Well, couldn't you? Um, map one of the courses that there are at the moment with the flavour of Messianic Judaism? That's what we're going to do. Well, we, need, we, need, we need to get established in here first and get an address. And you probably don't know this, but you're not aware, but we run the Australian School of Ministry here. We run the Australian School of Ministry. We are, we are, we are working as an RTO. And we, we, we run... The reason we met? We run, <laughs> we run uh, Diploma of Christian Ministry and Theology and we run graduate diploma of Christian ministry and theology. There you go. That's why I'm in it. So we've we've been doing this since 2015. Really good. So we and we're all online. All it's we need to it's talk a small more world. <laughs> it's a small world. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, yeah, we've we've done a similar as you have. Obviously not with that bend, not with that flavor, yeah. but. Uh, um, strong in the apostolic, strong in, in getting people to operate in their calling. Um, you probably don't know, but my father had, um, so I have Jewish roots, mm -hmm. and um, my father was a uh, man who loved the Lord. Mm. And um, you probably heard of, um, I don't know, they used to be called, um, back in Romania, Seventh-day Pentecostals. So oh, okay. there were Pentecostals who celebrated the seven days. They were holding the feasts. They even actually did the tents and they were sleeping tents. Oh, yeah. So we lived next door to yeah. um, people who were celebrating these feasts and they were, would hold the Sabbath as well. And it was funny because they would hold both days. <laughs> they would hold the Sabbath and the Sunday, which was beautiful. Uh, we, we respected them. We loved them. And Dad, uh, Dad had a passion for... Uh, these people because he um, understood them. He understood the heritage and he would go and teach and mm. pray with them. And uh, even when they were doing their celebration, dad would go and be oh. with them. So he was um, embracing them. Yeah. Uh, uh, people often confuse them with Seventh-day Adventists. Yeah. Uh, and, but to him, it was very clear. Mm. And we knew that because they were our neighbors. We actually had, you know, fence, we could we as kids we used to play in their tents yeah. and uh, so we knew we knew exactly what they were doing and uh this is under communism you gotta understand yeah. that they yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah, communicate yeah. there was no uh teaching there was no uh information books mm -hmm. only somebody would come through and uh would, would teach and it was it was very interesting uh 
at, at times it got skewed because of the flavor of the teacher. Mm. He would bring some, and that's why I think it's important, as you said, you've got to establish biblical concepts, not, you know, sometimes these people adopted other bits and pieces which yeah. came from, you know, either legalistic or they yeah. came from culture. Yeah. be it Romanian culture or be Judaic culture or somebody went to Israel and they said, we also have to do this and mm. that. And, you know, uh, they got people to get baptized again, some of them. They had people, you know, they had to have circumcision, some of them, mm. you know. It just, it, it, it could go, you know, a little bit skewed. But I think the essence was there. The mm. essence was there, but they, they lacked proper discipleship. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's the key in it. You know, yeah, you sure thought so. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. You know, I love I love this journey because uh, we've seen you know we've seen that uh, we know we're familiar with messianic ministries back in Romania because there's quite a lot of uh, Christians in Romania and a lot of Jews. Mm. You know, um, and uh, also in Israel and in America, and um, yeah, I mean we used to run and we still do. We run messianic worship in our church and we love doing that and we we used to celebrate Passover and we did that with dinner and everything to teach mm. the concepts you know I when we teach our kids we teach the concepts so they understand exactly why you know the Passover was there what happened how we celebrate Jesus and where we take communion as well you know the Lord's Supper mm. the, you know it's a celebration of that Passover and yeah. you know for them to understand and you'd be surprised you know my, my six year old daughter understands it and there's Christian people in church that have gone to church for 40, 50 years and they don't make sense of it. Yeah. And it's so simple. Yeah. I mean, even the menorah itself, you know, it's, I say to people, seven prophecies that point to Jesus. I mean, the middle one is Emmanuel. It's so simple. You know, they, yeah. you know, it's in front of you. It's vivid. You know, you see it, yet you don't know what it means. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's so much rich, richness in that that we can miss out on. And that that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to light people up with the truth and with the Bible and uh, and the whole Bible and and everything. Yeah. That it's about as as far as first century belief goes. So that's where we've got to get back to. Yeah. That's what we're trying. That's what. And I think. Look, even even the new apostolic uh, sort of revolution or rev- that that is going on around the world or has been going in the last sort of twenty years since mm-hmm. the noughties. Uh, again, some of them have gone too much, you know, in one direction. But I think the the you know with Peter Wagner and other people that have started this, John Kelly in in US, their heart was to return to the practices of the early church, mm. you know, to the roots, to the truth of the early church, mm. and you know, the Acts two forty two fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, apostles teaching, bits and pieces like that, which are very simple but essential. To, to get the ecclesia right. Yeah, it's, it's about getting all the man-made stuff out of it and getting back to the simplicity. To the simplicity in the word of the yeah. Bible, and you're right. Uh, the Bible is is quite clear and simple. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, you I can, think even you can with dance around it and you can say, well, this means this and this means that. Well, no, no, it doesn't. I think the COVID has done a lot of resetting in the world. Yeah. And, you know, the church is returned to the homes in most places around the world. And now, you know, we have a saying in Romania, um, we know the gospel according to the pulpit. You know, we don't know the gospel according to the Bible. Mm. We know the gospel from the pulpit. Mm. 
And now because it's, you know, it's come back to the homes. Yes, you can listen and watch the preaching, but you've got to understand the gospel for yourself now. Yeah. And that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit brings a lot of spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. So uh, next for you, school, obviously, to mm-hmm. equip uh, ministers and leaders mm-hmm. in understanding the messianic um, yeah. Christianity, that, if you want to call it, or Messianic <coughs> Judaism, okay. I don't even know. Yeah, I came, I came here and we found that there's been a lot of bad teaching, um, you know, as far as Hebrew roots goes and, 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 and what you get on the internet um, and, and some of the things we were hearing being taught here in Perth was, was bad, bad, it was a bad witness and uh, you, you know, we, we've got to We've got to break them chains and uh, and make it make it what it should be. You know, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, this gospel. But you've got to do it right and in, in, in the right heart with the right information. Yeah. Um. So the the, the teaching is all important, mm. all important, and, and it's all got to be word based and um, and breaking it down. So that people understand it from a any break point of view, you know. Have you learned Hebrew? Some. 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 Some Greek. I'm not. I'm no expert. Mm. You know. But obviously, you'd love to study. You'd love to go deeper. You'd love to have yeah. your whole time kind of immersed in in this. Yeah. And look, I believe that God will will make that happen sooner than later. I'm sure He will. We're we're on the journey, so. What's the legacy you'd like to pass on to the generations that follow? Um, <laughs> to believe in Yeshua with all your heart, all your might, all your soul, all your strength, and um, be who you're called to be, and be in the Word, and uh, and walk it out, and shine your light. That that's where I'm. At. That's what I push every week. Every week, and and that's how I want to be remembered. Um, that we we stood we stood for for Jesus, and uh, and we shone our light. That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, our slogan is "Shining Jesus." You may not take that off. You can leave that on. <laughs> Might change it to Yeshua. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you where to print it. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because we, we thought the same, uh, you know, a lot of people say shine for Jesus, but I think we need to shine Jesus. Yeah, of course. You know, the the essence of who yeah. he is, he's the light, and, you know, embedded in us. 100%. So. That's what it's all about. It's all about him, every page. Yeah. You've got to read the Bible and see him on every page. That's what I try and teach. Yeah. And, and connect the old with the new because it's one. And, yeah. Uh, I think having... I think some people have the fear of doing that. Whereas mm. if you if you see it as one unit, mm. it all makes sense. It's I so much no easier. Fear about no fear about prophecies. I don't, you yeah. know. Um, There's no great division. No, not yeah. at all. And that, that's, there that's, was a silence of 400 years, but that's about yeah. it. It doesn't well, have to but be. No, nobody teaches you about Israel. Nobody teaches you about the connection you should have with the Israeli people. Yeah. Um, they don't teach the prophets. They don't teach about the people coming back in 48. Yeah. Prophesied. 700 yeah. scriptures. It's not a yeah. small thing. No. It's 31,102 verses in your Bible and 700 say, 
I'm going to bring Israel back home. Yeah. It's your Bible coming alive right before your eyes. And it's happening in our it's generation. It's happening you right know, now. It's not... things happening right now. Yeah. They're in your Bible right now. Hmm. And, it, and it doesn't get taught. Which, which really should, shouldn't it? Yeah. So, I think we, we keep it at times too simple. So simple that it's diluted. Yeah. You can't dilute it. You can't. Yeah. Di- that's the problem. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming to the show and just sharing your heart and your journey. It's brilliant. It's it's all it's beautiful to see how you know vulnerable you are in the sense and just saying it as as it was and mm. as it's happening because you're still on the journey. We also Absolutely. are, and this is where we're at now. And God's opened a new door for you. Mm. I just pray that it will blossom and more and more people can come into the kingdom. Beautiful. Yeah. Well. What a beautiful story, eh? Isn't it always amazing to see how God um, works in the lives of people and how He brings them on various journeys to get to the same place? <laughs> we all get there. Uh, and Arnie's story is just as beautiful as many others we've heard. If you love this content, do share it with other people. Share this beautiful story as well. Bet Yeshua Ministries, you can look them up as well. They're here in Perth, Western Australia. And hopefully soon enough, they'll have a school to help people who want to journey closer in in understanding the messianic roots of Christianity and uh, combining, you know, Judaism with Christianity in a way that glorifies Yeshua, the Messiah. Uh, Thank you for watching and we look forward to seeing you next time. And as Arnie said, just before we closed up this conversation, just make sure you shine Jesus everywhere. May the Lord help you. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.